Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Today's match is in the books and we're breaking it down. This is your RSL post-match show on the RSL Radio Network. Nil-nil on the road for Real Salt Lake at Houston Dynamo. I believe that is three consecutive nil-nil games at Houston between these two teams. I'll take a road point any day of the week, especially in Texas, for Real Salt Lake. Back-to-back nil-nil games for RSL home and away. What what would you like to say? Uh, well, tonight's shutout marks the first RSL clean sheet on the road since last April against Portland. Wow. Finally, RSL extends unbeaten run against Houston to 11 games. That is five wins, six draws, dating back to 2017. Utah side's longest run against any single opponent in its 19-year history. I, I just, again, I, I think RSL did a really good job tonight. It was tiring. There was some, obviously, some mental fatigue, just uh, along with physical fatigue, because some of the decision-making in the last 15 minutes from both teams was questionable. Uh, but it opened up. Both teams went for it. But ultimately, nil-nil is your final score, Lauren. But, uh, you know, RSL getting another point, another clean sheet. They'll take that all day long, and they've got Houston out of the way in Houston. And honestly, I do think Real Salt Lake... It was a solid performance all around. Offensively, sure, you could have been more clinical. You could say the same for Houston, if not more. Houston had some really good opportunities that they completely botched at the end of the first half, at the end of this game. I'm shocked that they weren't able to put quite a few of those opportunities on frame. A good, a good, good point for RSL on the road tonight in the beginning of a tough stretch of games here in May. 
Yeah, and, and you know the the first of five games in fifteen days to to get a point, get a clean sheet. Um, doesn't look like there's any injuries. Maybe obviously having Paulo Ruiz come back after uh, uh, suspension. Maybe uh, Silva uh, um, coming back after some back tightness that he had. Um, you know, and hopefully some other folks that uh, that are getting close to be available for that uh, trip to Portland uh, come Wednesday night for you. The next round of the U.S. Open Cup up in uh, in Portland, and obviously keeping an eye on LAFC coming into America First Field uh, next Saturday as well. As I said, the games are coming thick and fast. Um, it could be, I think it's as many as seven games in 22 days, depending on RSL uh, getting through the other rounds of the U.S. Open Cup as well. Yeah, coming into the summer, there's always a brutal stretch of games, uh, and and we're hitting that pretty early here in the season. You And if you go ahead and look at uh, June and July as well with League's Cup, it's it's going to continue. It's, it's going to be a rough couple months for Real Salt Lake, for these teams in this league, it just a lot of games and as you said if they if they do advance in open cup that just adds again i think that's the easiest route to champions league i'd love to see them go to portland on wednesday and try to get uh i was going to say all three points get that win and advance in in open cup play and uh and give that a real run but i, I think there's a lot of positives to take out of this game i don't think there's a ton of negatives a, a ton of things to fix just move on to next game look at look at that open cup game and then LAFC at home again it's a beginning of a tough stretch but I think this team if they can get those couple players back hopefully it's not too serious of injuries as you said uh to Marcelo and Anderson Julio hopefully not out for too much longer I think you've got a pretty solid bench to get you through this stretch of games um through May yeah, and then you look at the young players that that made a huge difference. Baton uh, Jackson looked like a natural with his first start, uh, Major League Soccer start, not yeah. his first minutes. But I thought he was very, very good uh, for the for the amount of minutes that he played uh, today. Good movement, athletic. Um, you know, just just has the ability to bring the ball wide. Looks very calm, and then obviously getting in behind uh, more centrally. And then Amika Nelly, I thought. You know, it's been said that the front office is pretty darn high on him with his. Uh, to, to to be honest with you, it looks like his long term position is that number six spot. If he can stop you from spending sizable chunk of money um, uh, as the number six um, uh, and he is the long term uh, guy that he's athletic he broke up the play constantly I thought he did very well and just played it simply uh, to get it to, to more of the ball players I just think that there is you know a lot to come from this kid who's already seeing some good minutes at right back um, I just think that if his long term position in the midfield where he can provide that energy and that bite um, is, is something that that, uh, could uh, again really just stop RSL spending uh, a ton of money on two positions. They can maybe uh, focus on that number nine because I still think there is uh, an opportunity there for a more natural goal scorer uh, to, to spend some uh, serious cash on that position. While we're waiting for the post game press conference, we're going to head out to the first break of post game. If you have some thoughts on the match, send them to me on Twitter at Lars underscore MM. We'd love to hear from you. We'll read your thoughts. Please do. If you send them in, we'd love to hear from you guys. So please, uh, please send us your thoughts on the match 
And we will be back after this break, hopefully with the postgame press conference. You're listening to the postgame show here on the RSL Radio Network. Welcome back to Real Salt Lake Post Game here on the RSL Radio Network. Lauren Beck, Spencer Warren, please send us your thoughts on tonight's draw, nil-nil at Houston Dynamo. First road clean sheet since April of last year. A good point on the road. Oh, sorry. Send your thoughts to at Lars underscore MM on Twitter. I'll give you the, the spot to do that. Let's take a look around the league. Spence, what, uh, what happened? What's transpiring? Well, uh, I'm not quite sure what's going on in uh, Dallas and St. Louis, but I'm, I'm sure it's some kind of weather delay because they're in the 50th minute. Um, and, yeah, they kicked off at the same time as us. So I'm assuming, uh, yeah, without uh, seeing the updates there, I can't see anything on the feed, but uh, that would be nice. Um, but anyway, um, earlier today, uh, the earlier kickoff, Charlotte, a 3-2 victory at home against NYCFC. Um Cincinnati getting a 2-1 victory at home against DC United. Miami into Miami getting a 2-1 victory over um, Atlanta United. Josef Martinez, the fastest player to 100 goals. Um, yeah, I, I yeah, it's it hadn't been great. Let's let's be honest, uh, but uh, it was nice to see he uh, him and his former head coach. Uh, chatting afterwards, uh, Gonzalo Pineda, uh, and looked like there was a good uh, moment between those two. Looks like we have Trey Fitzgerald sporting <laughs> the mullet and uh, Pablo Mastroeni, who is uh, waiting to uh, start his post-game presser. And uh, we'll, looks like we will toss that over to uh, Houston and Pablo Mastroeni. Recording in progress. All right, we'll go ahead and start uh, with Caleb. Caleb, your line's open. Awesome, thank you. Uh, congrats on the second straight shutout, Pablo. Um, was this kind of uh, something you guys were looking for going into this match, was to, to put forth a, a, a defensive effort and, and come away with that, that clean sheet for the first time on the road in a while? Well, you know, I think it's, it's everything. I, I think we want to be better at everything, every game. I, I think there was a time in the season where we were conceding a lot of goals. And so that's obviously been a huge part of our focus in the last month. Um, and obviously when you come on the road, um, it's it's even, it, you know, it becomes more of an emphasis as well. Um, so I think the performance was, was, was a gutsy performance from the guys. Uh, this place is hot and it's humid. Um, and, uh, you know, to thwart their attack, which is pretty dynamic. I, I thought the guys did a good job. And having said that, you know, I think we created a few good opportunities where, um, you know, if we were, if we were cleaner in, in the final pass um, or the decision or the shot um, along with, you know, Steve Clark came up trumps on, on Bertine's uh, chance in the first half, which, which I thought he took really well. I, I just think that we have to be, our decisions have to be quicker in the final third um, to, to really punish teams but I think overall it was a really good performance and definitely one to build on yeah I'm glad you mentioned uh Bertin as well I I, I think um he he certainly showed some, some impressive stuff there in the first half and then I think obviously just the trust that you put in him you know starting tonight do you feel like you guys have really kind of found something with him yeah no I think he's uh I said this I think midweek you know he was our he was our leading goal scorer in preseason 
And so we had an opportunity to kind of see um, the attributes that he brings to the group. Um, obviously, he's always played out wide. And, um, you know, I think his 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 ability to, to to run, his ability to get in the box and his fearlessness in front of gold, you know, uh, you know, the, the header that he went up with uh, Steve Clark and, you know, and he's he's willing to put himself in dangerous spots and he's got a fantastic shot. So, you know, I think he's uh, he's, he's a player that as is multidimensional in the way he plays. And obviously, um, you know, position wise, he can play a couple of different positions. He's got a great attitude. You know, he's he's. He's, you know, the prototype of, of of the type of striker that 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 we want, and so I think uh, it's very encouraging signs as well, um, coming from um, not really being with the team and then having a, a cameo in the uh, Open Cup to then starting his first MLS game. Um, I think it's significant progress, and um, obviously there's going to be a lot of ups and downs, but I think he's he's shown really well in, in the last two performances. And then lastly, for me. Um... You guys certainly rotated through a lot of bodies tonight, and then you've got you know a a, a big week this week, three three games in, in one week again. Um, do you feel like maybe you you saw anything from from guys tonight that could give you a, a sign of, of the of of who can go on on Wednesday and kind of what you might have going forward these next six or seven days? Yeah, I think the you know the reason uh, using all the subs is is because it is a busy week, and uh, you know I think for the most part. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're pretty aware of, of what each guy can bring. Um, and sometimes it's just an opportunity, like in Bertine's case, I think Emeka did a really good job when he came into the game. Um, and so that, that sub was kind of planned. Scotty with his experience, um, getting a staff time and then bringing Emeka in there, um, you know, and, and, and now we have Pablo and, and hopefully, uh, Marcelo, uh, available midweek along with Bodie and Anderson. And so the dynamic of the group will change a little bit, but, but again, I think, um, you know, the guys executed really well. Awesome. Thanks. All right, Alex, your line's open. Hey, Pablo, I just want to ask you specifically about uh, Brian Ojeda, Scott Caldwell, and Mecca Nelly. How do you feel that the midfield fared in this one um, in a very hot Houston game? Yeah, no, I think they, they did a lot of graft. Uh, you know, obviously they made, they made the penetrating in the middle of the field very difficult. Um, again, in these type of conditions, it, it, it really hampers, uh, you know, I think you saw it towards the end where the game got really opened up, but, but I think we, we, as a group have to utilize our pivots more in progressing the ball up the field. I think we got some fantastic, uh, players and, uh, and I, and I think when we were able to, you know, to, to play into them and switch the point of attack, I think we, we created a lot of space for our wingers, Saba, Andres, um, Chang, um, Diego. And so um, I, I think they did a really good job. And like I said, bringing, bringing Pablo back uh, midweek and then hopefully Jasper's on the mend. It, you know, it, these opportunities are, are important for young players um, to, to showcase their stuff and, and really, you know, gain the confidence of the group. And, uh, you know, guys like uh, Bertine and, and Nemeka are doing just that. How, do you, how does that kind of change the look of the midfield? Is is Ruiz and Lafelson still the number ones, or does this just make the decision more difficult considering their performances? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, again, I think every every player brings a different um, attribute to that position. Uh, you know, obviously Pablo and, and Jasper are more, you know, more eights in that position where they like to get forward. You know, Pablo's been dangerous from the top of the box from, from a shooting perspective. You know, I think... Uh, Ojeda's in the last really three weeks, he's really come come a long ways in, in gaining his confidence back that we saw last year. 
Um, his his positioning defensively, his positioning offensively, his decisions with the ball have continued to improve. Um, and you know, again, I think Omeka is is more of a you know holding player, but he, uh, you know he can get forward and, and keeps keeps good uh, makes good decisions on the ball. And so, yeah, I mean, I think it, it, it's it's not that it's a hard decision. Uh, I think what we always seek is the best decision. And um, and I think you know when guys get a chance to step up and they showcase their stuff again. I'd like to say the team picks itself, uh, but when you have so many options, then it becomes, you know, it becomes my responsibility to put the, put the and, and it's also about pairings as well. You know, players that play well and understand each other. And so Scotty today, I thought, did a really good job in the first half balancing out Ojeda. Um, and and so again, I think it's just we'll continue to see the evolution of the midfield as as we move forward. Awesome. And lastly, Pablo, I just want to ask about the goal scoring. Obviously, you guys come out with the 0-0 draw on the last one, 0-0 draw on this one. It's good results, but do you what's kind of missing right now in just finding those opportunities and getting a ball in the back of the net? Yeah, I, again, I think, again, I say this all the time. In the areas, you've got to make plays, right? So we, I, I feel like we were in uh, advantageous positions in, in both halves, um, and, and then we got to make plays. And, and there's there's and when we make plays, we score three goals. And when we don't make plays in the area, we don't score any. Um, and so, you know, I think it's it's, you know, and the ball could bounce either way. You know, I, again, I think Steve came up with a couple big saves today. Um, and so it's a it's a culmination of things. But I think at the end of the day, um, we, we just have to make the best decision inside the box, which is difficult because there's not a lot of space and there's not a lot of time. And uh um, but those are things that, uh, you know, we, we talked about shortly after the game is, again, we got to get back to, you know, when we have a good training week, we're, we're really focusing in on that, you know, the final third and and, and, and how we want to break teams down. And then at the end of the day, you, you need a you need a good shot. You need a good pass. Um, and, and that's how you score goals. Awesome. Thank you, Pablo. Yep. Uh, I sir, your line is open. Intento en inglés. Ah, en español es ok. Ok. Uh, bueno, Pablo, hablaste un poco con respecto a eh, que hoy no se pudieron dar los goles, faltó un poco, falló un poco el último pase, eh, pero mm -hmm. también hablar de, de la defensa. Eh, no han recibido gol en dos partidos, eh, siendo que la, entre la jornada 2 y la jornada 5 recibieron 12 goles. ¿Qué has ajustado para poder mejorar la defensa? ¿Y a qué se debe este éxito también de el buen juego que ha tenido Sagmas Matt, que pues es parte fundamental también de esa, esas porterías en cero? Yo creo que de, después de los primeros cinco partidos hemos enfocado mucho en el tema defensiva y para mí la defensa siempre es, eh, es un trabajo colectivo. Si los delanteros están enchufados y están conscientes de, de, de los jugadores atrás, uh, sacan los ángulos y le ayuda a los pivotes para, para aguantar el espacio y después presionar. Yo creo que hemos hecho mucho trabajo táctica en, 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 en esa parte de, de, de nuestro equipo. Y como si vos necesitas que el, 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 el arquero en este partido, el SAC, eh, tapa uno dos que hizo dos dos tres jugadas muy importantes para para hacer cierto que mantenemos el el, 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 el cero así es un trabajo colectivo y yo creo que cuando mirando para adelante si si podemos jugar así def, defender de una manera colectiva 
y ahora podemos meter gol. Somos un, un, un equipo muy difícil para, para quebrar, muy, muy di, difícil para, para defender, y es el, el, la meta del grupo. Y también preguntarte con respecto, obviamente se, se comentó, ha habido muchas bajas el día de hoy, eh, por lesión, por la expulsión de Pablo Ruiz, ¿tuviste que recurrir más a los jóvenes en el juego de hoy? El caso de, de Jackson, que fue titular hoy, eh, para ti, ¿qué tan importante es en el proyecto del Real Salt Lake el utilizar a los, a los jóvenes, a los canteranos de manera frecuente? Sí, eh, claro, todos los partidos son diferentes y cuando perdé el Marcelo y el Pablo, ahora tenemos que ajustar el, el grupo de una manera sensible y, yo, y para mí, eh, cuando entrenamos eh, durante la semana, todos los, 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 los jóvenes tienen la oportunidad para mostrar. Y con cada entrenamiento va creciendo la confianza del jugador y también la confianza, la confianza que los, los compañeros tienen en, en, en los jóvenes. Y para mí eh, hicimos un muy buen trabajo como un club encontrar estos, estos jugadores que, que se animan a, a, a jugar en este nivel con el esfuerzo la, la, la manera que se portan, comportan con los compañeros, eh, son muy profesionales, y para mí, si, si no tiene otra opción, hay que, hay que darle la oportunidad, y yo creo que todos los jóvenes, eh, hasta este momento, eh, el Gavin, el Diego, el, el Bertín y, y el Emeca han, han jugado bastante bien. Gracias. All right, Pablo, we're going to finish with Sean, your line's open. Yeah, Pablo, uh, hopefully really quick, because you touched on him a little bit, but I just wanted to ask about Brian Vera, who's been so good for you guys, the way that he's, we've talked about the way that he's worked into the group as, as quickly as he has, but what are kind of some of those conversations like when when he's going back and forth between left back and center back, and like I can't imagine today it was, he had a long time to consider whether or not he was going to start in place of Marcelo, right? Um, well, Marcelo didn't train on Wednesday, so we had a couple days of, of work uh, with Brian um, in that position and just to make sure he felt comfortable. And some of the, obviously, the uh, the roles and responsibilities are quite different, you know, especially when we want to play a, more of a zonal back line. And those are things that, you know, in Colombia, it was, you know, it was two center backs against one uh, center forward. And so just even at halftime, just making, just just bringing up the fact that, We want to make sure that we're rotating so that we're not opening up spaces from our center back to our outside back and allowing their Karaskia to make that run between our outside back and our center back. And so there's little adjustments that, that he needs to make. But the one thing uh, when we scouted uh, Brian, you know, he's, he's played in Italy. And if there's a place uh, where you want to raise good young defenders, uh, I, I don't think there's a better place on the planet. And so his ability to adapt into a group a new league, a new culture, a new club, um, but also take the information and play as well as he has, uh, speaks volumes about his, his projection. All right, thank you, Pablo. All right, guys, thank you. Um, we will be joined by Zach McMath here in just a moment. Thank you for your patience. Uh, also, if you could go ahead and, and re-raise your hand so that I know to call on you. Thank you. All right, head coach Pablo Mastroeni after the nil-nil road draw at Houston. Anything stand out for you from that press conference? No, um, not really. <laughs> just, you know, just satisfied. You just got to be satisfied. Obviously, you want three points, but to get that road uh, clean sheet and uh, the man who was between the sticks has just sat down in Zach McMath. 
you want to go ahead and get us started? Yeah, for sure. Uh, congrats on another shutout, Zach. Um, what What's it been like, I guess, uh, back there these last 180 minutes plus, I guess, that you guys have been able to uh, not let a goal go by? Yeah, we're not uh, really giving up those big chances. I think that we were giving up earlier in the season, uh, a lot of half chances, which is uh, makes it a lot easier for me, uh, getting a lot more blocks on the uh, shots and um, credit to the guys in front of me, you know, digging deep and, and making some, making my life a little bit easier. Nice. And then uh, just tonight, you, you mean there were a couple pretty impressive moments on on, on your end. Uh, Pablo mentioned just this this dynamo attack and how, uh, for lack of a better term, dynamic they are. I guess was it um, was, was it a challenge for you tonight? Was it was it kind of fun though to to, to have a couple of those like reactionary t- highlight type saves? Yeah, I thought they did a great job of uh, one-twos. And, uh, you know, they kind of got by a few times, but we did enough to recover to really, you know, narrow their their chances. But um just feels good to have another shutout uh, to keep building on that defensively. And hopefully the goals start coming soon. Yeah, and then, and then lastly, kind of touched on that a little bit, I guess. How, how nice was it to have Brody back tonight? Yeah, I think Brody brings a lot to us uh, defensively and going forward. Obviously, him and Jay Glad have a really good relationship on and off the field. and. Uh, I thought he did great and a great game tonight after a couple of weeks off. Awesome. Thank you, Zach. Yep. Sean, is there anything from you? It, yeah, this is probably like just as much about Houston as, as anything else, but what they're doing defensively, not allowing a goal all year, what is it about that place that makes it so tough to play in? Like, Everybody talks about the heat and the humidity, but like, is it really like, is it palpable? Is it that tangible when you're kind of out there making it so tough to play in? Yeah, it's uh, it's tough. You you feel it, you know, as soon as you get out for warm ups, you start sweating. You really don't start sweating until you get back into the locker room. And uh, I think it's hard for teams to adjust to not having been in that kind of heat and humidity, especially for us uh, all year. Um, and you really got to kind of catch your second win and hope that your your zeros. Uh, when you do that. And I think we did a really good job of keeping the game tight early on and, and trying to build into the game. Alex, anything from you? Hey, hey, hey Zach, quick question. Um, heading into this tough week, you know, you guys got Portland in the midweek, you guys got LAFC on the weekend. Heading into that, what do you kind of see from the group? How's the locker room? How's the mentality uh, from your perspective? Yeah, we went uh, into this weekend knowing that it was going to be a tough week, uh, two tough away games, um, and then obviously one of the best teams uh, at the at the end of the week. So we knew that uh, we needed to come and take care of business here, and to get a good point gives us confidence going into Portland, and um, hopefully, you know, guys can recover well enough to to deal with this three game week. And real quick, too, um, what's kind of changed over the course of the last couple of weeks? Obviously, since that Charlotte game, you guys have been uh, in a in much better form, much better performances. What's kind of changed in your eyes and from your perspective uh, and, of, to get those results? Not a whole lot's changed. I think guys are just getting more comfortable with each other, growing confidence in each other and playing more as a team. And uh, I think we you know, brought in a bunch of new faces, dealt with a lot of different stuff in preseason. And it took us a couple of weeks to get going. And now that we've got going, uh, I think, you know, you're starting to see the results kind of come our way. Perfect. Thank you, Zach. Uh, Isar, we'll finish with you. Hi, Zach. Hey, congratulations on the second clean sheet in a row. Um, we talked with 
Pablo about the that defensive situation because uh, the team between the second week and the fifth week in this season, uh, you guys received 12 goals in four games. Uh, he said that uh, the team changed the strategy defensively. Uh, do you feel comfortable with this new situation, talking about the defense? And do you think that it's better for the team? Okay, it's obviously better because you have to uh, clean sheets in a row, but how do you feel with that? Yeah, like I said, I think over the last few games, we were giving up less chances, less big chances, and uh, that's really got down to, you know, the coaches putting us in a better tactical setup and then, you know, really guys making plays on the defensive side in the penalty box and around the penalty box. So I think the guys have really, you know, taken that that tough stretch that we had to heart and, and really buckled down. And, and I think we're seeing some, some good results go our way. Because I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. To the post game show here on EA. Wow. Wow. RSL Sports <laughs> Network. Wow. I need to go to bed. Ooh. Ooh. I just said the letter. <sighs> just the letter. The first one. Anyway, RSL Sports Network. Lauren Beck, Spencer Warren, nil nil for Real Salt Lake on the road at Houston tonight. We have one tweet that if you'd like to address this, Spence from Eric Whitaker. Respectfully, I'm tired of seeing Rubio get the start. What is he bringing to the game? Thanks. Wow. Yeah, I mean, some decent hold-up play. I thought he put in a ri- that ball that he put in for um, Jackson's uh, volley was was excellent, but there isn't a ton. Um, had an opportunity, had a shot. Um, again. We talked about it in the first segment. If Emiga Nelly is going to stop us from spending big on a six because that is his long-term position, and he looked very good when he came on tonight, maybe there's extra funds to bring in that number nine because it is a glaring hole. When you look at the the, the goal scorers that RSL have or the forwards that RSL have, you look at um, Anderson Julio, not really a number nine kind of plays off more of a wide forward in, in my opinion um, then obviously Gomez and and Savarino wide players Rubin and Musovski I mean Elijah Paul and then you obviously uh, Berton uh, Jacquesson yeah it's it's a glaring hole 
and he's bringing others into play, but really, you want your number nine uh, to to put the ball into the back of the net, and nobody in that number nine role right now looks like they'll get anywhere near double digits, and that's that's a glaring hole, especially when you're struggling to put the ball into the back of the net. As it is, you look at it, I think it's seven goals in the season, Oh, sorry, 10 goals in the season, 17 uh, conceded. And uh, that, that tells you all you need to know. The glaring uh, omission of a six and the glaring omission of a number nine. Moving swiftly on, as you like to say. Well, you know, you've got the midweek game. Yes. And it's actually not going to be on the KSL app. It's going to be on the Bleacher Report's YouTube channel. Oh. So, yeah. Interesting. Is, Good. So that's okay. that, that's that's where we'll be streaming it from, I guess. So. so they just want they didn't care about the the last round, just this round of thirty two moving forward. Well, I guess where it gets interesting, right? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Either. Okay. Well, that's uh, that's where you can catch the stream on the video stream on Wednesday for Real Salt Lake at Portland Timbers on Wednesday, eight thirty p.m. We will be on at seven thirty right here on the RSL Radio Network. Yes, the RSL Radio Network. Yes. Uh, the second, we will be playing Portland twice in 10 days, both at Portland in Open Cup. Are they, bo- are they both at Portland? In one week, sorry. Oh, no, it is no, no, a home no. game. I'm sorry, yeah, sorry. Yeah. I was looking at the wrong date. But yes, it, the 10th and the 17th, a home game against Portland on the 17th and the away game on the 10th. It'll be interesting to see how both of those teams approach that uh, I would again. I'd love to see RSL take this this match seriously, advance to the next round of Open Cup. Portland. I'm curious to see what they will do. Sitting in ninth place, uh, pretty similar to Real Salt Lake. Uh, Portland sitting on three, five, and three. Uh, currently sitting nil nil in their match. Real Salt Lake three, five, and two. One point difference between the two of the teams. Portland, kind of a shocking last few seasons for a team that has been really strong in the Western Conference uh, as of late. What have you seen from them? What, what kind of what's going on with them over the last couple seasons? Spent? Yeah, and no, obviously you look at the, what's happened in the front office ownership. That's been a real kind of a, a bit of turmoil up there, and rightly so. You know, there's there's things that had to be called out, and and you know that's just the way it is. But you know, with Gio Savarese, I. I I've said it time and time again. He's one of my favorite coaches in this league. Um, they do have some really good players. And, and I'll be honest with you, it's it's going to be a tough one if they decide to take it seriously. And that's that's obviously they get the, the home field advantage with it being on turf. RSL do have a few players coming back. But do you risk them coming back, getting into training on grass and then going and playing on that horrible turf? Um, or do you wait until, until the weekend? So that's obviously is, is a question to, to be asked. But again, it looks like RSL, um, you know, with what they did against Las Vegas Lights, their they, their quality shone through in extra time. You want this one in and over and done with in 90 minutes because of the five games in 15 days. That is a real drag, particularly with players that are, you know, playing with maybe knocks as well. Uh, you don't want to aggravate any of that. But again, if they do take it seriously, Portland would would. You know, you would suspect to be favourites um, with with uh, with the home game, but obviously with their their MLS form seventh right now in the uh, the uh, Western Conference, um, which is which is okay. But you know, 
there's there's a long way to go. This is this is match number eleven for them, uh, and on fourteen points, um, oh. RSL just uh, a couple of points behind. I was so confused because they were just in ninth, and now they're up one nil, and that's why they jumped. I was like, what yes, is yeah. happening? Real time. <laughs> I was like, what? Just a second ago, that is not where they were. You had me so confused. And, well, I'm looking at Real Salt Lake as well. Um, I mean, it's a home game against LAFC, but I think in terms of winnable games, I think the Portland games are the ones I would be a bit more focused on in that regard. Not to be negative, but... RSL's record home or away against LAFC yeah. is very bad. Yeah, it's. I mean, apart from that one playoff game, yeah. you know, where, where Demir Krylak becomes the the Krylak kid, um, it's been a been a rough one, and they have been real quality. But looking their wounds tonight, a two one loss yeah. against San Jose, their first loss of this uh, MLS season as well. Yeah, and and again, uh, we'll, we'll take that all day long. You know, we'll take anything that gives RSL an edge. Uh, but I would expect some changes for RSL yeah. um, for, for that midweek game. I'm suspecting that that Portland will will do the same as well. Um, but you know, if we want Champions League soccer, we want yeah. silverware, and, and they should be taking it seriously. However, with League's Cup, with the Gold Cup break, with the condensed schedule to start the season, RSL have got to be uh, sensible, particularly with the players that are out injured or close to coming back. Do you play them on the turf? And then obviously um, the the five games and fifteen days fatigue starts to to, to come in. Those those uh, soft tissue injuries um, that you can't control just because of fatigue. Um, you've got to manage minutes. And with the engine room, the one that's being particularly hit right now with Ojeda, Coldwell, and now uh, and uh, Amika Anelli being available, and then Ruiz coming back from suspension you're hoping to see a little bit of uh, uh, rotation um, Jasper uh, uh, suspected to be back in training on Monday one of those uh, three or four players that are coming back to, to uh, training after rolling his ankle so th- there could be some some 45 minutes we saw that today we see that in in the Open Cup as well that uh, you, you know you, you might see some some changes uh, at 45 minutes just to keep people fresh particularly because of the Open Cup and Pablo did say that everyone that is available and healthy is knows to expect to get minutes over this stretch of five games in 15 days it's a tough one for Real Salt Lake as we come into the summer as we said it's it's always compact and a lot of games through, I think more so this year than in previous, it feels like. But uh, very excited to see Open Cup play and, and Real Salt Lake advancing to the next round of Open Cup for the first time in quite a few seasons. So excited to see them in the round of 32. Spence, any final thoughts? On tonight's match or Portland on Wednesday? Yeah, delighted with a point on the road. Um, nice to get Houston out of the way. It looked like uh, both teams were, were were fatigued physically and mentally within the last fifteen minutes. A lot of mistakes, but our, you know both teams going for it end to end. Love the fact that we're out of there with a point. The guys can get home um, and and hopefully sleep in their own beds. And then obviously it's a, a, a nice change of pace. But coming up against a Portland team that you want to do the business in the US. Open Cup, but with one eye on LAFC coming into America First Field next Saturday the 13th. That'll be a 7.30 kick. 
6.30 pregame. Midweek, though, it's an 8.30 kick, 7.30 pregame. Brutal. Yeah, no wonder Jake Hatch is not going to be here again. Good grief, he loves uh, ditching out on those uh, midweek games. But yeah, delighted with that point, <laughs> and RSL fans should be delighted as well. Not the most entertaining, but it's all about being over the playoff line when it comes to the business end of the season. And you'll always take a point on the road in Major League Soccer. That's going to do it for us tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in to Real Salt Lake at Houston Dynamo. We will see you guys on Wednesday for Open Cup action at Portland Timbers here on the RSL Radio Network. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.